Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm so glad that you join us again today. We are in week three of our series called Cancel Idols. Let's read a scripture, Isaiah 65. It says the following, But I will not destroy them all, says the Lord. For just as good grapes are found among a cluster of bad ones, and some will say, don't throw them all away. Some of those grapes are good. So I will not destroy all of Israel. For I still have some true servants there. But because the rest of you, this is verse 11, have forsaken the Lord and have forgotten his temple, and because you have prepared feast to honor the God of fate, and have offered mixed wine to the God of destiny, now I will destine you for the sword. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are good and that we can trust you. We thank you that we know that you are a God that's not absent from our lives, but you are involved. And we thank you, Lord, that all your instructions in your word is for us to have the life that you've called us to have. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How many, of you, how many of you watching right now would like to know your future? I guess all of us would say, yeah, you know, if somebody's got some insight on my future, I would like that. Um, some of the questions you might have is, will it be better than what it is right now? Will there be any change in, from my current circumstances? Will my circumstances get better? What does my future hold? We are all concerned about our destiny. And there are many things out there in the world uh, that offer help to us with our destiny. And there are many things that seeks to operate almost like a God to us, to help us to get a clue for understanding our future. We want to know our destiny. Everybody wants to know how things are going to turn out. And it's normal. It's normal. It's, it's something that we all want. Now, over the last two weeks, we've looked at two idols, two different idols. Uh, the one, first idol we looked at was the idol of culture, society, influence, pressures. The second idol we looked at was the idol of religion, religion without relationship. And both of those idols, without you even thinking about it, really has to do with your future. How popular will I be? How accepted will I be in communities and societies and with people around me? How accepted will I be by others? And then the idol of religion is, where will I go one day Will I die? when I die? Will I make it to heaven or not? Now today we're going to look at a new idol. And the idol we're looking at today for me is one of the chief false gods idols in our culture and in the world today. And it's the idol of luck. The idol of luck. And it's twin brother. His name is Chance and his middle name's Fate. Luck and Fate. It's actually a belief system that people have that says there is operating in the world this impersonal random force and this impersonal random force, I need, I need it to work for me. If I can just get this impersonal random force to work for me, to be on my side, I need more good luck in my life. The concept of luck, I know many people just use it as a throwaway word. 
But it's more than that. It's actually a competing God. It's impersonal. It's kind of random. You can't determine the form of luck or the which luck will show up. Is it good or bad? But we wish that we have more of it. Luck is a God, the Bible tells us. And it's a God that we must reject as believers in God. And today, I want you, all of you watching, based on God's word, I want you to reject the idol of luck. But for something that is far more substantial. And I know for many of you, this will be very hard to say, I reject luck. Okay, while you're watching right now, let's take this first step of faith. And believe me, um, I'm going to lead you down the path where you'll be able to reject luck. But in faith, let's type in the comments. I don't need good luck. Just write that right now. I don't need good luck. And then the second line that I want you to type is, I don't care about luck. Now, just think for a moment. For many, this will be very hard because we, we count on luck. Our society counts on having good luck. The Hebrew word for fortune in the Bible is the word gad, G-A-D. And the Hebrew word for destiny is the word menai. M-E-N-I. Gad means luck and fate means menai. Now let's read Isaiah 65 again. And now we're going to read it in the New King, New King James Version. It says, but you are those who forsake the Lord, who forgot my holy mountain, who prepared a table for Gad, and who furnished a drink offering for menai, for luck and fate. You prepared a table for them. And did you notice that both these words, that they are capitalized in the Bible, which means they are proper nouns. So he's not just talking about a concept. Oh, it's just like, he's actually talking about a thing. The personification of an impersonal force that randomly determines how good or how bad your life is going to go. And we have surrounded this word of luck with many phrases. In the comments, I again want you to type, so work with me now, work with me. In the comments, I want you to type a phrase that you know with the word luck in it. Let's see how many we get. I'm going to give you some. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Good luck, bad luck, lady luck, luck out, tough luck, worse luck, hard luck, pushing luck, tried luck, Irish luck. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Ridden luck, luck through, ill luck, beginner's luck, in luck, push luck, riding luck, pot luck. Ha! Luck of the draw, good luck charm, stroke of luck, as luck would have it, no such luck, push one's luck, the best of luck, be in luck, just my luck, down on luck, luck of the Irish. Stroke of good luck, been in luck, out of luck, chuck a luck which is one of my favorite foods in South Africa. There's quite a lot. So how many did you get? Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of phrases that has the word luck in it. The word luck is used to express my hope that this impersonal thing that floats out there somewhere will work for me. 
And not only is luck tied to this impersonal sense of randomness that I hope makes sense for me, but it's also tied to how we look at the world and how things are happening in our lives. Anyone watching today, have you ever looked at your horoscope to get clarification for your week? What we need to understand is when we count on things like horoscopes and luck and palm reading and things like that, we are worshiping another God. Because Romans 1 says, you looked at creation rather than the creator. You looked at the forming of the stars to determine your belief systems based on the signs. What signs are you born under? Because that's what your personality is going to be. And you are giving power to creation to determine factors in your destiny, to determine your personality, your outlook on life. Isaiah 2 verse 6 says, he calls it all these things. God calls it witchcraft. Witchcraft. If you go to a palm reader, to have them look at the lines on your hand, to give you an idea of destiny. How many kids will you have one day? He calls it witchcraft. And what we have done is we are worshiping another God. But even more so, remember what we said last week when we spoke about having an idol. It's not just about worshiping an idol. It's about what worshiping an idol brings into your life. What worshiping an idol opens the door to in your life. And this is why I'm speaking or why we are having this series. Because we are opening up the door for the enemy to come into our lives and have his way. It means if you are worshiping an idol, the Bible says that you are sitting at the table and you are dining with demons. Idols bring demons. And if you are sitting with demons, God leaves the table because he does not dine with evil. So, so when luck becomes a force you are looking to and hoping for that it will be favorable for you. Luck is on my side tonight. The stars are lined up. I will have a great re uh, week. The palm reader said, I'm going to have three kids. I'm going to have uh, two marriages, you know, even just with that mindset, you're already looking for the next husband. But you have to understand is you've invited demons into your destiny. I don't want demons in my destiny. And I'm convinced you don't want demons in your destiny. Because with them comes lies, deceit, death, despair, loss. God does not sit at the table of idols. So I want to allow you a few moments just now. I want you to reflect if you depend on luck, hopeful luck, want luck to be on your side. Just be honest. Do you depend on luck? I have to say, if to be honest from my side, there are many times that, that I'm thinking, yes, yes, I just hope I'm going to be lucky now. And here's the thing. When we do that, we are opening the door to the enemy. But, but there are some other also. There are some other superstitions associated with luck. See if you recognize these ones. Um, are you somebody who carries around a rabbit's foot? Maybe it's hanging from your keychain or hanging from your rearview mirror. Maybe you've got a dream catcher at one of your windows. Or maybe you're one of those people, I don't want to buy a house that has the number 13 or 4 in it. Are you somebody who's scared that a black cat walking under a ladder is going to bring death to you? Are you scared of opening an umbrella in the house? 
Um, one that's relevant on social media. Are you scared of not continuing the chain link of this message that if you forward this to 10 people, you will have great fortune. But if you don't, condemnation's going to come. Are you one of those people who are scared of that? And here's one that I think all of us will recognize with and know. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. See, it all seems innocent, but what you need to know is that they invite the enemy into your life. Now, I know some of you are going, I don't do those things or say those things because I'm praying to an idol. And I get what you are saying because all you want is you just want some good luck, right? It's just something you're doing. But the Bible, our instruction manual for life says, be aware of these idols. They have alienated us from God because all of those false gods are filled with uncertainty, insecurity, because when we are believing in an idol like that, then when things don't turn out, we turn to luck and say, luck was not on my side tonight, instead of turning to our relationship. So let me begin by making it clear. Luck should not be part of your life. It should not even be part of your vocabulary. I need luck on my side in this life. No, you don't. You don't need luck on your side. So if no luck, then Andreas, then what? What, what then? Well, the most important thing that you need to know is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number one, the most important thing that you need to know. You need to know that Christ died for your sins. Okay, so he's paid the penalty for all your sins on the cross. He died in your place so that you can go free. You need to know that his sacrifice on the cross is the ultimate proof that he loves you and that he is for you and not against you. And that you can trust him with your life. You are saved. You are justified because of him. And you have a home in heaven. This is the most important thing that we as believers need to know. That Christ paid for our sins. We are cared for. He loves us. He's proven it. It's the gospel. It's the good news. Most important thing to know. The second most important thing to know is the sovereign, providential nature of God. Now, for some, that would not make sense, and you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm going to explain. You need to know this. You need to know that God is sovereign and providential, and that is how He runs creation. When you know this, you don't need luck. When you know God is sovereign and providential, you don't need luck. In fact, when you know this about God, you know that there is no such thing in your life and in my life as good or bad luck. No such thing. Remember, we spoke about natural laws um, in the last series about uncommon sense. We spoke about some natural laws, uh, a natural law like gravity. Whatever goes up must come down. Then there are some spiritual laws that we spoke about, about sowing seeds. Like you, you can't reap a harvest if you haven't sown seed. And you can't expect a harvest of corn if you sowed potato seeds. It's, it's a, in the spiritual realm, it impacts our lives. Am I sowing forgiveness? Then I will reap forgiveness. Am I sowing love? I will reap love. We have to sow the seeds of what we want to produce in our lives. Now, here is a mathematical law. 
1 plus 1 equals 2. It always has and it always will. Because that is a fixed reality for basic math. All of mathematical equations bank on 1 plus 1 equaling 2. You can't study algebra if 1 plus 1 does not equal 2. You can't study calculus or trigonometry if 1 plus 1 does not equal 2. Complicated math will be meaningless to you. You won't be able to do them. Now, we have complicated lives. Our lives are complicated in a complicated world, especially now. But if you don't get the basics right about our faith and God, about the sovereign providential nature of God, then you won't be able to make sense of the complicated equations in life and of life. Sovereignty. Let's start with that word. Means what? Sovereignty means that God is the ruler of all creation and that absolutely nothing happens that he is not aware of. He is never caught off guard. He's never caught by surprise. And he never goes, oops. He is all-knowing. And he's fully aware of all that is going on right now. All that was, all that is, all that will be. And as Romans um, 1 verse of Romans 11, 36 says, For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be the glory forever. Amen. So all things are from him, to him, through him. God is all-knowing. God is sovereign, which, which means he rules over all. There is nothing that takes place under God by chance. I know that's going to cause some theological difficulties for some people, but stay with me because I'm going to explain it. Married to the word sovereignty is another word. It is the word providence. Providence. Providence is how he rules. Sovereignty is the fact that he rules of all. Providence is how he rules. Providence brings together adverse events and circumstances in order for God to accomplish his sovereign will. So the sovereign God accomplishes his sovereign will through providence. This is how God works, through providence. Now, this is what you have to understand. For the world, God's providence looks like luck. His sovereignty is what he wants to happen on the earth, but his way of accomplishing it, it has a lucky look to it. So what you would call luck or the lack of luck is providence at work because providence is God working in a hidden way, you can't always see it. When he works it out, he often works it out behind the scenes and you just thought you were lucky or unlucky. No, no, no. That was God's working it. God rejects luck. Important to know is that God's sovereignty and his providence allow for all um, aspects 
and it incorporates all aspects of human choice and freedom. I want to say this again. God's sovereign providence allows all aspects of human choice and freedom. So he gives you the opportunity to choose if you will follow his leading. You understand that? God is sovereign. He works through providence, but he gives us choice to work within his sovereignty and his providence. For an example, in a hockey game, in a hockey game, there are specific sovereign lines. There is a center ice line. There are blue lines. There is a goal line. There are some face of circles that is made with a line. They have lines that don't move. They are sovereign. The lines are sovereign. They rule. But the plays on the ice, if you have a power play, for an example, the team decides how they want to move, but within the sovereign lines. Your ability to successfully apply the play does not influence the lines. The lines don't change on your choice, but you do have a choice to play within the lines. See, God's sovereignty has lines, and the lines are non-negotiable. You can't move them. They are determined. For example, it is appointed unto man to die once. That's a fixed line. We will all die once. No one has escaped it yet. Another line, salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. It's a fixed line. Another line, you can't reap where you have not sown seed. See, there are specific lines and principles that are sovereign in God's word. So God is sovereign and he has sovereign rules. I don't dine with idols. But he will allow us to choose his ways. And when we choose his ways, that can make us better off. Or when we choose not to follow his ways, that will make us worse off. But moving within the sovereign lines of God. I hope that makes a little bit more sense to you regarding God's sovereignty. Because he's sovereign and he works through providence behind the scenes. So providence will feel like luck to you. To many of us, providence will feel like luck. If you don't know better, but now you do. So, if you want to get luck, or if you desire luck, you need to know that you are dining with an idol. But what I want, I want to get luck out of your minds today. Because it can't exist in your life and have a sovereign God. Now, how specific is God's sovereignty and providence? It's a good question. Let me explain to you how specific God's sovereignty is. Scripture says that not one hair of your head will fall out without him knowing about it. This is how detailed God's sovereignty and his ways of working is. This is how detailed, how much he is into the details of your life. God's sovereignty is not just about this, this big general thing. It gets down to the smallest of details of your life 
and your future. Andreas, do you really think that God is that involved in your life? Yes, I do. I do because the Bible tells me he is. And I've experienced it in my life, how God looked after details that I did not have the capacity to even think about. He is so involved with the smallest details, details behind the scene that you don't think about. I love that. I love the fact that I can trust my sovereign, all-ruling God, and I can trust the way he works through providence. I love that I have that. That is why I know there is no room in my life for luck. I do not leave room for luck because God is involved in the smallest of details that he does not leave room for luck in my life. God says, I can work for your success even when the enemy is doing things that you don't expect. God knows what's going on even when I'm thinking that I'm, you know, I'm going down the right path. God knows this path is going to lead towards despair. So he directs me because he's involved in every aspect of my life. I don't need luck. I got God. I don't need luck. Let me tell you how sovereign he is. Even the devil has to ask him, to be devilish. The devil had to ask God if he could touch Job. It says the devil went to God and said, can I touch Job? So Job only got touched by the enemy because God okayed it. Now, I know some of you are asking, why would God let the devil be devilish? One of the reasons is because we're not listening to him. Why would God allow the devil to be devilish in your life? Because we're disobedient to his instructions. His instructions and his guidelines on how to stay under God's covering and protection. Which principles to allow? Which spiritual laws to allow in our lives? Which, how to conduct ourselves? How to be a good husband, be a good wife? How to be a good child of God? How to be a good child to your parents? How to be a good parent? How to be a good dad and a good mother? How to be a good neighbor, how to walk with people in society, how to deal with finances, how to deal with those who are your enemies, how to deal with forgiveness. His guidelines and his, and his instructions are there to give us a covering. But when I step out from the covering, it gives the enemy access to interfere in my life. If I step over there, and God told me to be over here. I'm stepping out of God's covering. And now the enemy has the opportunity to play influence in my life. So when we step out, he allows it. God allows it because we chose to step out. Remember, God is sovereign, providential, and he's given us choice to follow his sovereignty and his ways. But when my choice is to step out from God's ways, I'm stepping away from his covering. And he allows the enemy to help me. And I don't even think the enemy knows this. But he, the enemy doesn't know that he's actually helping us. Because with attacks comes many times difficulty and suffering and hardship. And during those times, we return to God. And then our relationship gets greater and stronger. Now, God does not orchestrate that. But when we go down that road, God will use it for our benefit. 
You have the devil on your back right now, maybe. Well, let me see. Is it maybe because you've stepped out from God's covering? And there will be consequence when we step away. But God's providential grace changes the consequence of that situation into something that you can't imagine. So the issue is not to look for luck. The issue for us is to cooperate with God's providence, God's ways, and God's methods. And this takes me to the main point of today's message. Now, now, if, if I've lost you a little bit, maybe it got a little too deep for you regarding sovereignty, or maybe you've heard it before, and maybe you've even heard a way better explanation for it, which is very possible. But I want to call you back, because this is really the point that I want to get to. If you get this, I really believe this will make a difference in how your life is shaped. This could change your future. Romans 8, 28 and 29 says the following. This could give you the peace you need regarding where you are right now. And knowing that you don't need more luck. This could change that. Romans 8, 28 and 29, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. I'm going to read it to you again. and I'm going to read it to you in the um, NLT translation. It says the following, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to his purposes for them. Now walk with me through this. For we know. We don't think so. It's not. For we hope so. It's not. For we wish so. It is. We know. For we know. What exactly do we know? We know God causes. Providence working behind the scene. We know there's no such thing as luck in our lives. If we know that God causes, there's no room for luck. God causes. God's providence is at work in my life. God is at work even when I don't see it. We know. I know. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on right now in my life. I can't see the effect of it. But I know. My God is causing everything that's going on right now in my life. I don't need luck to change it. My God is at work. But what about the things God did not cause? You didn't read the whole verse. We know God causes all things. So there is nothing outside of God's Causation. Everything that happens, happens because he made it happen or he let it happen, but he has never caught by surprise that it happened. He has never been caught by surprise about what is happening. He either made it happen he let it happen, but he's not off God because it's happening. Rest in that. We know, we know now that 
you know that God causes either by direct us following his instruction, so it's going to cause the following fruit, or by allowing the enemy because we moved out from God's covering, all things, so that includes me obeying God's instruction and his providence, his ways, his, his methods, me obeying it, or stepping away from God's ways and methods, all things, our God works together for good. So there is no thing that is in your life, attacking your life, bad for your life, good for your life. There is nothing that sits outside of God's sovereign providence, hand of causation. All things. Now stay with me. We know that all things work together for good. Work together for good. Don't read that too fast. Many people read that too fast because I think, um, many people think it's all things are good. No, 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 no. Many things are not good. That's not what that scripture says. We know that all things work together for good. Work together. That's different. We know many things are bad that's happening currently. There are bad things happening in your life. There are bad people that you might be involved with. There are bad us making bad decisions. We know there's a lot of bad happening in the world. But our God's sovereignty, God's sovereignty is so constructed that it can take all things and work it together for good. I love that about my God. Whatever is going on, you have the confidence. Whatever is going on in your life, our Father is going to work that together for good for you. And that's not because of luck. There's no room for luck in your life when God works all things. The Greek word good means to be a benefit. All things work together through the causation of God to work together so that when he finished with whatever he is doing, it will come out to our benefit. It will be to our benefit. But now you say, Andreas, I didn't count on my life being what, what it is like right now. I didn't, didn't count on, on the mess that I'm in. Andreas, I'm in a tremendous mess. The circumstances that I'm in, my relationships are, are, are in a, at the wrong place. They are in a mess. My finances are in a mess. My children might be in a mess. I didn't count of any of these things. And Andreas, I, need, I just need a bit of better luck with, with this investment. I need some better luck with the next person I'm going to meet. My, my life, what's going on? Andreas, it's not fair and I know a lot of the things that's going on in your life might not seem fair. And, and it's not fair. But it's not hopeless. I'm going to give you some testimonies. I'm going to call on some people to come and testify to you regarding the situation that they went through so that you can see how our God works sovereignly through providence and causation if we choose to follow him. Now, now listen to this first one. I'm going to call on Joseph. Joseph, will you come and testify? So Joseph, you will find him in the book of Genesis. See, if you look at Joseph's life, Joseph was in his house and, uh, and he was um, his dad's favorite son. But if Joseph could come into our house today, he would say the, say the following to you. You know what's not fair? 
It's not fair that my brothers sold me into slavery for no reason. I didn't do anything. I had nothing to do with it. It was their jealousy that caused them to throw me into a pit without water and then to sell me as a slave. And then I went to Egypt as a slave and I got a job in Egypt and I was working really hard and I was being diligent and I was submissive and I was a very good worker. But then my boss's wife got a liking in me and because I didn't respond to her advances, she accused me of rape and I never, I never ever stepped away from the character and the integrity and honor and respect. I didn't rape her, yet they did not believe me and they threw me into prison and it wasn't fair that I was thrown into prison for something I didn't do. And then when I was in prison, I helped two prisoners get out of prison and they forgot about me completely. And I stayed at two extra years in prison, 13 years. It was 13 years since my brother sold me that I went on this roller coaster ride in my life. 13 years, it wasn't just short, 13 years. But then when it comes to Genesis 50 and it comes to the conclusion of that chapter, Joseph says the following to you. When his brothers came to him and his brothers remembered what they did to him, Joseph said to them the following, you were working against me. You meant evil towards me and it wasn't fair. But let me tell you what you meant for evil against me. God meant it. I'm going to say it again. What you meant for evil against me, God meant meant it. God meant it. You meant it for evil, but my sovereign, providential God meant it for good. God meant it for good to bring out his people from where there's going to be drought and hunger into Egypt where there was provisions and he saved his nation. For us, it doesn't make sense. Because there was junk and there was abuse and there were lies and there were messes. But God's sovereignty accomplished sovereignty accomplished more than what we can imagine or hope for. I'm going to call on Esther to come and testify to you. The whole book of Esther, you won't find God's name once in it, which is very interesting. But you find God's fingerprint all over the book. Now, when you read the book, the book makes a turn when insomnia steps onto, uh, into the picture. The king could not sleep, couldn't sleep. So he said to his servants, he was just awake the whole time. He said, said to his servants, get me the most boring book that you can find, because maybe when I read that, it will cause me to go to sleep, right? So the servant brings him a book of names, a boring book, a whole book with a whole bunch of names and the history of the empire. It says the servant opened the book to the page, not to a page, to the page, to the page where Mordecai's name was. It says Mordecai saved the king's life. So the king says, who is this Mordecai? Well, King, years ago, Mordecai saved your life from some people who were trying to kill you. So it took years, years before God's causation, insomnia, for the king caused him to read the right page. It was opened 
to the king, to the right page with Mordecai's name there. And, and if you didn't know God, you would go, well, that was probably one of the luckiest things that ever happened to anybody, that it opened up to the right page. Listen, luck had nothing to do with it. We serve a sovereign, providential God. So, so the story goes on. So the king said, what should I do for a man who saved my life? That I forgot about. I never recognized him. What should I do for him? Now watch. This is Wiley saying this. Wiley saying, what should I do? Haman, who is planning on killing the Jews. So Haman walks into the room, planning on killing the Jews. And the reason why he's planning to kill the Jews is because Mordecai, the same name that the king just read, is refusing to bow down to Haman. And now Haman wants to wipe out the whole nation. That is not fair. He is forgotten and now he will be put to death. So Haman walks into the king's presence and he says, here I am, king. The king looks at Haman, not knowing of his plans to kill the Jews. And he says, hey, Haman, what should I do for somebody who saved my life or for somebody who protected me? I just love how God works. I love how, how he works. Watch him at work. Haman thinks the king is actually talking about him. So he thinks of every great thing he could possibly think about. Uh, you should give him the king's coat. You should uh, give him the king's chariot. Put him on the king's horse. Ride him through the whole city. Let everybody hear how great he is. How much you love him. How much you, you value him. God, just bless him. Just bless him. King, just bless him. And the king says, yes, you are right, Haman. We will do that. Now, Haman, go do that for Mordecai. See, God works out all of these things for good. You don't need luck. You don't need luck when you have a sovereign God who is providential in his ways. Now, I don't know what your life has been. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. But I know that our sovereign God, if we choose to dine with only him, if we worship only him, if we remove all these other idols, these things that we are counting on to work for us, if we remove them, our sovereign God will work together for good, all things for those who love him. Trust him. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to finish with this last illustration. Because I do think there are many of you that's trying to figure out how all of this are going to work out. If you go to see an orchestra, before the concert starts, there is a, there is a time of complete discord. Um, all the musicians are sitting in their seats and they are busy with their different instruments, playing, tuning, tuning the, the violin, tuning the cellos, um, warming up their lips for, for the trumpet players, um, um, on the drums, uh, loosening their, their wrists, going through their music, there's discord, there's, there's, there's sounds that are happening, nothing, nothing makes sense, it doesn't sound right, it, it's not good, it's not harmonious. But when the conductor takes his place and he strikes the music stand three times and he holds up his hands to say, order, get ready, all of the sudden what was disconnected that was just noise. Suddenly, because he is there, the conductor, suddenly music and harmony and timing becomes perfect. 
All the instruments on their own, not working together, don't make any sense. You don't want to listen to it because it doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. But when the conductor steps into his place, where he is supposed to be, suddenly there's music. You might be saying, Andreas, my life is hard. There are so many different areas that things are not right. I want to challenge you and I want to say to you, make sure God is the conductor and only him. Because when he steps into place, our sovereign providential God has a way through causation with us choosing to follow his ways. And even when we don't, his grace brings consequence back to purpose. He has the ability to do it for your life. And the world and the Bible and I know of so many lives that are testifying for it. Trust him. Lay down your idols. You don't need luck. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can lay down everything else that we've been counting on for our lives to bring us success or fortune. We don't need those things, God. We only need you. So Father, we want to repent from holding on to things that we think will bring us fortune. I want to, now, I want to challenge you now. Go take those dream catchers off your windows. Go take that rabbit foot off your, your rear view mirror or off your keychain. That lucky charm that you've got, throw it away. You do not need it. You only need God. Set yourself free from the idol of luck. And just sit at the table of God. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray your blessing over every family. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you need prayer, please follow us on the, on the Zoom link. Click through. Let us pray for you and with you. We love you and we look forward to seeing you soon. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church Audio Podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.